couple things. This coming Sunday, uh, we're going to open. We're going to go live for the first time formally and do our best to be in compliance with Arkansas uh, policy right now, the guidelines, and, and hopefully uh, things will go well. Uh, Jennifer, uh, Sharon, your church is in Nashville. Are they open already or about to open or what, what's their status? Okay. Okay. All right. July. July. Okay. All right. By the way, I want to introduce somebody. This July is Sa- for us too. July. Yeah. This is Sabrina. Sabrina, I'm going to do a shout out. She is one of the most amazing people I know. So uh, I'm really grateful that you're you're on. So uh, so we're gonna we're gonna go live June 21 Saturday. We're gonna have a big cleaning day to get ready for it and uh, see if we can't get back uh, back in the rhythm here. So. All right, um, pray for something on June 22, Monday, June 22. Uh, Pastor Stephen is going to host a panel to discuss Black Lives Matter, the problem of racism, the answer in the cross of Jesus Christ. We're going to have uh, a Little Rock, a veteran Little Rock police officer, field training officer, uh, we're also going to have a North Little Rock officer who's a SWAT team member as well. And on literally on the front lines of what's going on. And we're going to have uh, about three to four African-Americans, all of whom confess faith in Christ. And all of them are, all of them are going to be ready to articulate and try to define what is the problem. Is there a problem? What is it? Let's deal with it. Let's define it. And then let's come up with an answer that is absolutely uh, foundational or has its foundation in Jesus Christ. And so that's going to be 6 p.m. on Monday, June 22. It's going to be on Facebook Live, so they will be fielding comments uh, live. That's going to be a, a really important event. And we hope uh, for maybe Central Arkansas, those that participate, maybe it will um, start a healthy conversation. That's what our hope is. So, Okay, I want to pray, and we're going to jump into Revelation 12. Um, Abba, Father, thank you for your grace and your love again. Thank you for Sabrina and Rusty and the gift of friendship that we've shared for so long. And I, I pray your encouragement in their lives, uh, in Sabrina, as she is facing life with uh, losing her grandma and grandpa and what that uh, means her. Just thank you that she's here, all of them, uh, Sharon, Rick, and Carol. Um, God bless them, please. Thank you for Jennifer out of Nashville, too. And um, as for wisdom right now, as we interpret a section of your word that is absolutely critical to our lives and certainly to the message of the book of Revelation, please bless now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. Um, Revelation 12 is really uh, impactful. It comes at the middle point in the letter, in the book. And in fact, a lot of scholars think that it's literally the theological centerpiece. It's a thing that kind of encapsulates and summarizes all the critical theology, the core message of what the book of Revelation is about. It's kind of like the centerpiece So I want to read this to you, reading from the New American Standard. Uh, This is Revelation chapter 12, 
and it begins as follows. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. And she was with child, and she cried out, being in labor and in pain to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads were seven diadems, and his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she gave birth, he might devour her child. And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God so that there she would be nourished for 1,000 260 days, that is to say three and a half years. And there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels waged war. And they were not strong enough, and there was no longer a place found for them in heaven and the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil, and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down. He who accuses them before our God day and night. And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb. And because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life, even when faced with death. For this reason, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. But the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman so that she could fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time 
and times and a half time from the presence of the serpent. And the serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman so that he might cause her to be swept away with the flood. But the earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and drank up the river which the dragon poured out of his mouth. So the dragon was enraged with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her children who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. An amazing, amazing text of scripture. Not without its challenges, certainly. So let's begin by looking at uh, the first couple of scriptures. Um, a great sign appeared in heaven, and a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and on her head, uh, and with a crown of 12 stars, appears. She's pregnant, she's with child, and she cries out, cried out, being in labor and in pain to give birth. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're all aware in Greco-Roman culture as well as Jewish culture, when you see a sign in heaven, it could be a comet, a meteor, some astrological phenomenon, they automatically believed that it meant there was going to be political and spiritual change on earth. So this language, I saw a sign that appeared in heaven is language that would be a, a cultural cue to ancient people in the first century world to say, hey, political change is coming. Spiritual change is coming. God is doing something. Something's going on in the realm of the heavens. Um, uh, this woman is described as being with child. Now, uh, who is this woman? Obviously, uh, the Catholic Church has written an absolutely immense amount of literature trying to convince uh, all of us that this is Mary, that this is the story of the nativity. And I'm not fully, I, I, I think there is a, a layer that's true, that this, in the backdrop, there's the Mary story, the nativity, but it's not that easy. There's another layer that we've got to pay attention to. So, uh, here are some of the options on who this woman is. Uh, number one, she's Israel. And this is Israel just in the general sense. Uh, two, she's Mary, the mother of Jesus. Another interpretation is that she is the church. Another interpretation that makes, makes a lot of sense, excuse me, is that she is the persecuted people of God those who uh, were believed in God, Yahweh, before the birth of Christ and after the birth of Christ. It's the combined faithful community. Uh, that's one of the common interpretations. So we'll look at some of those options and see if we can't make a good decisions. Now, um, Janice, jump in. Do you have any ideas on who this woman is? Well, yes, I do. <laughs> Um, this sign actually appeared in our heavens on September 23rd, okay. 2017. Okay. 
the woman in the sign in the heavens was the constellation of, of um, Virgo. Virgo. The child that went into the side of Virgo was Jupiter. It stayed in her womb for... This was the sign that was actually appeared in our heavens on September 23rd. Right. She had the sun on her shoulder and a crown of 12 planets surrounding her head. Yeah. Okay. So this sign literally happened. I believe that this sign tells us this is in portrayal. Israel gave birth to the church. Okay. So this is a sign of Israel having and giving birth to the church could signify our imminent rapture whenever that happens. Once the church is taken up, then the devil, Satan, comes down on the earth with such wrath because he's angry that, you know, we're gone. So he's going to wreak havoc on the earth. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is how I have, I've seen this in several teachings and studies, and this is the one that makes a lot of sense to yeah. me. Yeah. We have only so far gone through, as far as what's really happened in the heavens, was chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. Um, the, the next great sign to appear in heaven, I don't know what that is. Um, I don't believe it's happened yet, but that could happen after the birth of the church into eternity. Because Israel gave birth to the church through Jesus. That's where he died and where the church began was in Jerusalem and Israel. Mm-hmm. So that's how I... That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Let me... I want to reinforce some things, Janice. Uh, for some of you to hear that, might that might sound like, whoa, that's kooky. That's really kooky. Um, uh, well, maybe not so fast. Let me Let me explain. When I was at uh, First Baptist Fort Smith, I was fortunate to have a relationship with Dr. Rex Russell, brilliant fella. And he was the guy that introduced me to uh, some of the original, um, uh, the, the historical basis for the Zodiac, and uh, which I had, was completely unaware of. And this is what I learned from Dr. Russell, that the gospel is actually presented in the Zodiac. In other words, the ancient Christians believed that the message of the gospel was actually in the constellations. Janice, this is what you're alluding to. And uh, that it's, when I first heard the word zodiac, I thought, well, that's astrology and Satan worship is what that is. But actually, it's interesting that the gospel story is depicted in all 12 signs. Now, this is before... Paganism got a hold of it and corrupted into what we know today. I'm talking about before that happened. Uh, so You're absolutely correct. Yeah, the the gospel is is there. In fact, Janice. The stars. Uh, well, the stars go ahead. For us to understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's mentioned in Genesis, which it says the heavens were stars were created for signs mm-hmm. and seasons right. and times. So yeah, yeah. we always tend to forget about the signs part of it. We do, yeah. Janice, uh, Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God 
there really is a means by which we can discern the gospel. Now, this is, don't misunderstand me, I'm not endorsing at all uh, astrology. Uh, I'm endorsing astronomy, not astrology. And we don't need to confuse the truth. Yeah, okay. So, Janice is on to something, so let's keep picking here. Is this, is this woman Mary? Boy, it sure sounds like it. Pregnant woman gives birth to a child. Satan, the serpent, is ready to hover. She, like Satan is hovering near the birthplace. And once the baby comes out, this serpent's going to devour it, eat it up, kill this baby. And I go, well, that is Mary. And the serpent is Herod. And Herod slaughtered the babies, but there was a, the, the baby was swept away and went down to Egypt because Joseph had a dream. And you know what? Absolutely. That is in the background. There's no doubt that that's there. But uh, that actually breaks down just a bit. For example, when you look in chapter 12 and it says, um, uh, look at verse, verse, yeah, verse 17. So the dragon was enraged with a woman and went off to make war with the rest of her children. Well, at that point, it can't be Mary. Right? It, it can't be. So who's the woman? Well, again, uh, I think Janice is on to it that, that this is the faithful covenant uh, people of God as expressed in Israel coming right up to the birth of Christ and which gives birth to the church and after now notice it, it's interesting it gets a little more challenging who is satan persecuting the child or the woman he persecuted he persecuted both he was waiting for her to give birth right but and okay and this is where i think it's the church pastor i know that the church is the bride of christ right but I also know that Christ is the head and we are the body and the head and the body cannot change sex. Right. So I believe that this is talking about the birth of the body of Christ because the head comes out first, the body comes out next. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Israel gave birth to the church because Christ was of Israelite blood. Yeah. Jewish yeah. blood. So yeah. that gave birth to the church and the church movement. This yeah. is about the birth of the church into eternity. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, one one thing we have to do to get what chapter 12 is about is we have to give ourselves permission to see layers. Okay, there can be a dual message, a dual message here. Is the story of the nativity in the back? Of course it is. The parallel is too close to ignore that. But the child really isn't persecuted. Janice, the, the scripture says, before the, before the serpent came in and do any harm to the baby, he's immediately ascended to the throne of God. That's right. So, the so child the, is caught up to the throne of caught God. Caught up, yeah, and yeah, yeah. so Satan goes after the woman. Goes after the woman. Her children, which yep. could be those that are actually born into the kingdom yes. after rapture, but yes. Yes. through the tribulation. Yeah, that's good. Everybody turn to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, and I want you to read verse... Um, let's look at 26. Galatians 4, 26. Yeah. 
Galatians 4.26. Just notice the language and the metaphor. Galatians 4.26. Um, I, I can start at verse 25. Now this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free. She is our mother. She's our mother. So, Janice, I think, you're, again, you're onto it, that there is something, there's language here, that Jerusalem, the faithful of Israel, is what produced the Messiah. And it is through the Messiah that we have become followers of Jesus and we have become uh, her children. So I think, I think we're getting at it here. Now, let's keep, let's keep moving. There's so much here. Um, when when the the angel or not the angel the dragon with seven heads and ten horns um, on his heads were seven dyed and his tail swept away a third of the stars. Um, there is there are ancient stories that come out of Greek culture, Greek mythology, and Roman mythology that talk about great cosmic battles and say a third of the stars are destroyed. Uh, there's, a, there's a story, of, it's called the Python myth. And the Python, this serpent, is depicted as this evil creature, Leto. And Leto is waiting uh, to kill, um, kill these two offspring. This, I'm sorry, I didn't get it straight. The two offspring of Leto, Apollo, in Artemis, of course, you know Artemis, the, the cult of Diana in the Greco-Roman world. Very similar kinds of stories, a serpent waiting to destroy an offspring, um, and there's an epic battle and things. Now, of course, you and I don't believe in that stuff. Now, the Greeks and the Romans did, but here's what's amazing. What John is doing is using language, serpent language, that would ring in the ears of every Christian that came out of pagan culture. In other words, John is using language that would stir up the pagan past of these converts to Christianity to remind them that Jesus Christ supersedes, overcomes all Greek mythology, all Roman mythology, and the full embodiment of God as the one who can overcome darkness and evil, is that that is found in Jesus Christ. So let me tell you how serious is this. There was an emperor named Domitian, and Domitian would put on his golden crown the very symbols that we're talking about here. And he, he believed that he was divine and that Domitian was on earth to conquer evil. <laughs> Can you imagine? The emperor thought he was on earth to conquer evil. And it's in chapter 12 that we see uh, Terry uh, war language, a polemic war strategy, that chapter 12 is a polemic against Greek and Roman pagan myth and against the emperor at this time, which would be Domitian. And that Domitian as emperor is not the answer to the problems of mankind. That is the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. Uh, verse 5, 
She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with a rod of iron. This is actually drawn on Psalm chapter 2. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Boy, sure to sound like the ascension of Jesus, you know, after the resurrection. The woman flees to the wilderness. God had prepared a place for her for 1,260 days. That's three and a half years, 42 months. Uh, it has been argued that this is a time where uh, Janice, the church, is getting ready. These, these people, these Christians, are getting ready to face a really intense battle. A really intense battle. Now, something shifts in verse 7. And I want, you to, I want you to pay attention to me here. In the book of Revelation, there are occasions in which what's happening on earth happens in heaven at the same time. So two things are going on simultaneously so that, that as, as it is in heaven, so it is on earth. As it is on earth, so it is in heaven. For example, um, Jesus said in Matthew 16, uh, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Two things going on at the same time. All right. It has been argued that what's going on in chapter 12, 1 to 6, is what's playing out on earth. And what is described in chapter 12, 7 down to 12, is what's going on simultaneously. Now let's bear bear with me on this thought. This being the case, if there is a if there's a double layer here, where we're talking about Israel, the birth of the Messiah, and the Messiah brings birth to the body of Christ, his bride, and there's persecution, you've got war on earth. And Nero was literally mentally ill, by the way, actually mentally ill. And what he did to, to Christians, Domitian, not much better than Nero, I promise you. Very, very disturbed man. Leading in the physical harm of people on earth. During the, the crucifixion, uh, Satan thought he won in the death of Christ. But God resurrection uh, resurrects Jesus and and then we have the ascension. While that is going on, simultaneously, there is war in heaven. War in heaven. And this, this language is, is fascinating. It's like Michael and his army of angels, and you've got the serpent, and his army of demonic angels in epic battle meeting in this this military area where war will be carried out in heaven and Michael and his angels defeat the dragon. And at that point, he is thrown down, kicked out of heaven, alive, wounded, shamed, beaten, and absolutely enraged. Enraged, that God resurrected Jesus, and in resurrecting Jesus, uh, he lost. He thought he was going to win the fight when Satan was crucified and breathed his last, and yet now there's resurrection. And I think at this point, uh, the fight is on. Uh, 
He's angry. He's on earth. And he is going to do whatever he can to exterminate God's people. And that's how, that's how the letters rounded out. Now, there's a story that can also be in the background. When Vespasian, one of the great military generals of Rome, came in to level Jerusalem during the, this was about March 80, 68. There were heavy rains and there were, they were uh, thousands and thousands of Jews trying to flee Jerusalem and Vespasian's men cornered them and backed them up against the Jordan, which was at a flood stage. And at that point, uh, a horrific, horrific um, execution of Israelis took place, March 80, 68, because of this river that was swollen. And some scholars say, boy, there's like an echo there. And uh, now let's, let's tie this off. Um, this is something you may not be familiar with, but in Isaiah, uh, Ezekiel, in the Psalms, do you know what one nation was described as being a serpent? Can you think of the one nation? Sabrina, venture a guess. <laughs> Known as Leviathan. What's that? I said Iran. I no, don't know. no, no. No, no. Remember flood? Egypt. Egypt, yeah. When you look at the Old Testament, chase it down. Do a word search on serpent and watch what you, you come up with. Egypt is considered this evil, monstrous serpent that was trying to devour Israel. The imagery is clear. And in fact, you get this exodus Sinai language again. You get a wilderness, a safe place in the wilderness. You get this, this gushing forth of water, and, uh, and it all backfired on the enemy. So there's language and imagery. There's layers. There's a polemic against Greek mythology. There's a polemic against Roman imperial worship and emperors as, as the embodiment of a god. There's, there's language that would encourage uh, a wounded and weary church that there is an exodus, there is a Passover in Christ, there is a parting of the sea, there is a crossing into a safe place in the wilderness, there is judgment on the wicked when the waters came back in on the serpent. Those things are very, very real. Now, if you and I lived in the first century, and we heard this, <laughs> it'd be awesome. It would be incredible. And that's where verse 10 kicks in. It's like all of heaven, a, a choir, a, a worship service breaks forth because they get this, that Satan is beat. A loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power in the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ, they've come. This is it. It's happened. It's, it's real. The resurrection, the ascension, Christ seated on his throne. And look at this. Satan, described as the serpent, the devil, uh, it's, he's described as the one who accuses 
the brothers and, of course, the sisters who were followers of Jesus. And they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb. What the lamb has done for them empowers them to be changed and to be faithful, even when they're faced with persecution, even when the serpent comes to try to devour them. For this reason, rejoice. Oh, heavens, by the way, heavens, urinoi, that's plural. Uh, there's over 50 references to heaven in the book of Revelation. They're all singular except here. And it's like this magnificent call. All the heavens, every corner of heaven, every layer of heaven, sing, rejoice uh, in you who dwell in them. And woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has come down and he is angry with great wrath, knowing that as a short time, and this is setting the scene for the final tribulation and setting the scene for the final war, Armageddon, and the complete defeat and destruction of Satan and his enemies. So, great encouragement. Let's talk about uh, the accuser for just a second. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. Zechariah 3 talks about the enemy who stands to accuse us. Uh, you know, when we're in Christ... We can experience freedom. We can experience uh, that the truth of God overrides the lies of Satan. That one scholar put it this way. He said that uh, the river that came out of the mouth of Satan, like belching, vomiting out a river, uh, the serpent, is really a river of lies, of lies in comparison to the Christian who has a river of life that flows out of our innermost being. And so the lies of Satan uh, are, are destroyed and overcome with the truth of God. And no longer are we under indictment by the accuser. And at that point, we have faith and we get to sing praise to our God. So, okay, let's... Um, Let's wrap this up here. I want to turn it over to you. You're the gifted body of Christ. Uh, what do you see in the text that can encourage us, build our faith, knowing that we, uh, we too can uh, experience persecution and suffering and our faith can be greatly disturbed? Uh, what are your thoughts? Pastor, this is Jesus yeah. again. Yeah. I just wanted to make a point to say that um, because the sign already happened, we don't need to feel like things have gotten desperate. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. Road signs tell you the road is out well before the road is out. So mm -hmm. I and it took like the um, wise men to find Jesus when he was born. It took them, yeah. I believe, two two and a half years to find him. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. so having a sign like this in the heaven is a road sign, basically saying "road out ahead," but it doesn't mean it's out the minute this sign happens. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly, because we're still here on planet Earth, right? Exactly. We're one day closer, Janice. We're one day closer. Every day is a day closer. Every day is a day closer. I like that. Yeah. 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 And I've got to remind myself, Revelation was designed to encourage Christians 
not scare them to death, <laughs> you know? And yet for us, it's like, ah, I'm afraid of it. I'd rather read from the Gospel of John. John loves me, you know? I like Luke. He's nice. He's nice to everybody. Um, okay, someone else. What, what wisdom and encouragement do you, do you derive in Revelation 12? I'm looking at uh, verse 12. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's that combination of scared and encouraged at the same time. Because yeah. it does say the devil has come down to your great wrath. Yeah. But why? Because he knows his time is short. Mm-hmm. That, that gives me hope. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. It really does. I, I think of uh, Romans 8.18, I am convinced that the present sufferings are not even comparable to the glory that's coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Short time. Philip, you got anything? Or So I'm just curious because um, I guess I've always thought of the great war between Satan and God where he got overthrown happened before the crucifixion. Right. Um, which... Whenever it happened, it happened. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I do find it interesting, though, that, you know, the, Lucifer had a lot of glory before he decided to rebel against God. And then yeah. once he did, he had his dissension. And then they fell. Yeah. And I'm guessing it was intentional, too, that the dragon got renamed to the serpent. Well, this is interesting. Keep going. You're onto something. Uh, my thought is, is, if I remember right, in the Garden of Eden, yes. God cursed the snake with no longer having legs yeah. and had to belittle itself on the ground. Right. And it, it sounds like similar language. It sounds like God had humbled the devil to the point where he was made low. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. while... The enemy's still out there. We know the devil's goal now. He can't do anything to stop God. What he tries to do now is just prevent people from learning about God. That's his battle. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, but we also know he's been made low. We we have authority over him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I think it's encouraging too to see that the woman, the church, is being protected and fed. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, Philip, thank you. Everybody look at Revelation 12, 9 and 10. Two descriptors of the serpent. Uh, Verse 9, deceives. Philip, what you alluded to. Okay, deceives. And 10, accuses. Right? So he is the one that deceives people, Christians, and he is the one who accuses and seeks to... um, Uh, discourage and shame, you know, Christians. All right, now, turn to Genesis chapter 3 and look at verse 15. Genesis 3, 15. So this is what it says. This is God talking to the serpent. I'll I'll start at verse 14. So to the serpent, uh, the Lord God said to the woman, "What what is this you've done? And the woman said to the serpent, Deceive me and I ate it. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go, and dust you will eat all the days of your life. 
and I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. This is the first expression of the gospel in the Old Testament, that the offspring of the woman would be the one that defeats the work of the serpent. And so, Philip, you're, you're, you're on to it, that God has, or, or, the serpent, ever, I think he had Genesis 3, 15, ringing in his ears. <laughs> I don't think he, I don't think he forgot that. And he definitely has a chip on his shoulder. He's been trying to destroy the seed of the woman ever since. So, anybody else, something you'd like to share? Uh, Tammy Robison, she, she said in the chat, she said, I think the church should be prepared for persecution and to endure the wrath of Satan. Tammy, I think you're right. I think we should draw courage from verse 11 that we do have the ability to overcome persecution and we do so by the blood of the Lamb, by being faithful to the testimony of Jesus and by realizing that our lives are secondary, that we don't love our life even when faced with death. So you're right, Tammy, you are. So anybody else from Revelation 12? This great rebellion of the serpent, the dragon, mm -hmm. in heaven reminds me that we have a constant choice. Mm. Yeah. You know, who are we going to follow? Yeah. And we have to make that determination every day. Yes, sir. And if we don't, we can be easily led astray. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. It is that free choice that God has given us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that will lead us yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what Terry said there. It's, you notice, in the, and, and it was also said earlier, anytime that the devil was getting close or chasing, God always opened a, a way out. Yeah. yeah. And saying like what Terry said, you have the you have the choice of, well, here comes this flood, should you know, I'm going to get swept away by the lies and everything, or do I choose what God has provided for me? Mm. He provided me wings to fly out of there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it really does show yeah. that. Yeah, First Corinthians ten thirteen. There is a way of escape. There, mm. there are wings. Yeah, there's a way to escape. Thank you very much, David. So, well, um, I encourage you to read through chapter twelve again. Soak it up. See grace in it. Believe that God does prepare uh, a wilderness, a safe place to to get us ready to train so that we will stand stand up for the truth, you know, uh, stand up for the gospel and not be ashamed of the testimony of Jesus. So, okay, I want to pray for us and we'll, we'll be done for the evening. I want to thank all of you for being a part of this. Sharon, thank you so very, very much. Um, Sabrina, so good to see you and uh, means a great deal. Janice, thank you for your what you shared tonight. Very, very helpful. Tammy, what you shared, all of you. Um, 
So um, uh, let me pray and we'll be done. Abba Father, um, thank you that the accusations of Satan are canceled out with the truth that you give us, declare us, declare over us through your son Jesus that you are our good shepherd and you will not cast us out. Thank you that you are faithful. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but you have come to give life and even life that would be considered abundant. Thank you so much for these things. Thank you that because you are alive, you resurrected from the dead, we too have the hope of eternal life. Thank you for each person that's here, Rick and Carol, their kindness to me. And I ask you to bless all of us to draw near to you, to draw strength in the blood of your son, the testimony of the gospel, and to realize that, that your will is more important than anything else. Thank you so much for faith, hope, and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so very, very much. Good to see you, and uh, we'll jump into 13 and 14. It's, it's going to get intense, a lot of action, and uh, it'll be good, though. So, blessings, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. I completely forgot to get ready for the Lord's Supper. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I ain't ready. <laughs> Uh, like what you said one time that you can just have Lord's Supper with the you don't have to have the actual elements yeah, as long as yeah. you, your heart's in, in the yeah yeah I uh, yeah yeah I was in a fizz um, uh, does anybody want my notes I'm going to chunk them if nobody wants them going once going okay. twice that's 16 pages I was gonna and I you. barely scratched the surface of it I keep going back this is the Bible I like to read the most. It's yep. the amplified one. Yeah. And I was gonna say I, I I'm cheating. I got I got the test notes. Ah, it's the woman Israel. Look at that. That's a good. That's a good Bible. Great leather. Yeah. That the amplified one, the newest amplified one. I I love going to because it's great translation. It is awesome. I yeah. mean, because every 